0: Hello, hello, my sweet little psychos. My name is Catherine Poulos, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Air Unknown, a mystery podcast. Have you ever wondered if everything you've come to know in your life, the stars in the sky, the ground beneath your feet, everything on our planet and beyond, was just an illusion, a code written within an elaborate video game that we're all just playing out unknowingly? What if after all this time that we've been trying to figure out who we are and why we're here, that the answer was simply... Our world is just a hyper-realistic simulation, and free will is just as elusive as reality. Well, some people would probably think you're crazy, and some scientists would agree with them, but a lot of our world's brightest and smartest minds actually agree that we could be living in a simulation, much like the movie The Matrix, where this episode gets its title. I wanted to really dive into this and try and understand the simulation theory. So I read an article, um, in an interview between Vox writer Sean Illing and Rizwan Virk, who is a computer scientist and video game designer. And I thought I'd read some of it for you guys because it lays out this theory in a way where my small mind can actually understand it. So Nick Bostrom, who is an Oxford philosopher, wrote a very influential paper, and this stated that at least one of three possibilities can be true. Number one, all human-like civilizations in the universe go extinct before they develop the technological capacity to create simulated realities. Number two, if any civilizations do reach this phase of technological maturity, none of them will bother to run simulations because they either deem it immoral based on the fact that there's a lot of suffering in our world and that suffering would feel very real to the simulated characters or they're simply just uninterested in it. And number three, advanced civilizations would have the ability to create many, many simulations and that means there are far more simulated worlds than non-simulated ones. So this is super interesting to me, and so we obviously can't know for sure which of these is the case, but Bostrom says they're all possible, and the third option might even be the most probable outcome. Rizwan Burke released a book called The Simulation Hypothesis, and this explores Bostrom's argument in much greater detail and actually traces the path from today's technology to what he calls the simulation point, which is the moment at which we could realistically build a matrix-like simulation. There are lots of mysteries in physics that are better explained by this simulation hypothesis than by what would be a material hypothesis. He explains this by giving us the example of Schrodinger's cat. Imagine you put a cat in a box with some radioactive material, and there was a 50% chance the cat is dead, and a 50% chance the cat is alive. Now, common sense would tell us that the cat is either alive or it's dead. We just don't know because we haven't actually looked in the box. When we open the box, it will be revealed to us whether the cat is alive or dead. But quantum physics actually tells us that the cat is both alive and dead at the same time until someone opens the box to observe it. The cardinal rule being That the universe renders only that which needs to be observed. So he brings up a very famous physicist, John Wheeler. He was one of the last physicists who worked with Albert Einstein and many of the great physicists of the 20th century. He said that physics was initially thought to be about the study of physical objects, that everything was reducible to particles. This is what's often called the Newtonian model. But then when we discovered quantum physics and realized that everything was a field of probabilities, it wasn't actually physical objects. That was the second wave in Wheeler's career. And the third wave in his career was the discovery that at the core level, everything is information. Everything is based on bits. So Wheeler came up with this famous phrase called, it from bit which is the idea that anything we see as a physical is really the result of bits of information. So the world isn't really physical, he says, it's based on information. And if this is true, then a simpler explanation might be in fact that we are in a simulation, and it's just generated based on computer science and information. So he lays out 10 stages of technology development that a civilization would have to go through in order to get to what he calls the simulation point, uh, which is the point at which we can create a hyper-realistic simulation like this. So he says currently we're at about stage five, which is around virtual reality, augmented reality, much like the video games that we have right now. Uh, the World of Warcraft, Fortnite, but we're kind of getting into stage six territory, which is about learning to render these things without us having to put on glasses or 3D goggles. And the fact that 3D printers now can print 3D pixels of objects shows us that most objects can be broken down as information. But the really difficult part, and this is something not a lot of technologists have talked about, is in the matrix, the reason that they were fully immersed was they had this cord going into the cerebral cortex, and that was where the signal was beamed. And that's where the signal was beamed. The brain-computer interface is the area that we haven't made much progress on, But we are making progress in it, and it's actually in the early stages. So his best guess is that within a few decades to a hundred years from now, we'll actually reach this simulation point. Now, as much as I would love to have this blame-free explanation to cope with this absolute freak show that has become of our country, some scientists believe that it doesn't quite make sense. Why would these higher evolved beings bother with simulating homo sapiens? Aren't there a ton of other things to simulate? Other scientists say it starts to sound a lot like religion when you just start replacing God for a computer programmer. But does any of this really matter to us right now? Most people would say no. Just the mere idea of this doesn't affect our relationships, the people we love, our experiences or anything. But some people have had experiences that they truly cannot explain, experiences that made them question their reality. And that's where we get into the second half of our episode. Glitch in the Matrix stories are firsthand accounts of some small but puzzling occurrences that have no logical explanation. The name comes from the movie The Matrix, and a glitch would be something that drew someone's attention to the fact that they were living in a simulation, or their reality was not exactly what they thought it was. Today, I'm going to read you some of the internet's best glitch in the matrix stories. Now, as a kind of disclaimer, all of these stories are from the internet's most amazing place, Reddit, and while I don't have these users' full names or locations, I can't exactly confirm these accounts, but regardless of it, if they are real or not, they're truly great stories, so I want to just share them, even if just for entertainment. So sit back, grab a snack, relax, and let's get weirded out to some of the creepiest Glitch in the Matrix stories. This first story is by Reddit user ZJU12. So I guess a little context is in order. My girlfriend and I had been together about a year at the time. Never had big problems. We're both pretty relaxed people. We never even had a big fight or trust issues or anything. So one day, I was out in front of my apartment building smoking a cigarette. This was before we lived together. I had seen her the night before. We had a nice dinner, gone out to a bar, then gone to my place, after which she took a taxi home. So as I'm standing out in front of my apartment building, she pulls up in a taxi. I wasn't expecting her and was pleasantly surprised to see her. I put out my cigarette, smiled, and walked up saying something like, Hey, what are you doing here? In a friendly way. She scours at me and slaps me square across my jaw. Obviously, I'm dumbfounded and at a loss for words, so I kind of just look at her. She never said anything, just barged past me into the building. I followed her up to my apartment, asking her what was happening the whole way. She goes into my apartment, grabs her bag, some of her stuff she left there, throws a few things at me, breaks a glass or two, and knocking down a bunch of stuff on a shelf. She calls me a pig, says she knows everything, and that I've broken her heart. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, obviously, and she stops on her way out when I touch her sleeve, glares at me again, and slaps me. She tells me something like, I hope I never see you again, and walks out. I followed her to the street as she got into a cab and drove off. The street was pretty empty. This was maybe around 8 to 9 a.m., and I watched her drive off. At this point, I'm just at a loss for words. I'm scared and sad. Then, as I'm watching the cab drive away, someone hugs me from around my waist. I turn around, and it's her. In running clothes. She was wearing heels and a leather jacket before. And I went completely pale. She said hi in her usual happy-go-lucky tone. And then noticed my look and said, what's wrong? I spun around. No taxi in sight. It had literally driven away five seconds earlier. No way it could have turned in that time. And all of the lights were red. I didn't say anything to her. I just ran upstairs. Her bag was gone. Things were still broken. My door still wide open. So then I told her. We were both monumentally confused. There's no way I could have mixed her up with someone else. We had security check the cameras even, and sure enough, me following a girl into my apartment. The angles weren't great, and the film wasn't great quality, but it was pretty easy to see me and my face. But hers was always hard to make out. It looked a hell of a lot like her, but never a clear shot. No way it was the same girl. Still creeps me out, and we don't talk about it. This next story is by user Crowhorse. This happened in early 2000 when I was working at a juvenile detention center in a small town in Oklahoma as a corrections officer. I was working nights at the time and went to work at 9 p.m., This one night when I arrived for work, my supervisor looked confused and asked me what I was doing there. I said, I work tonight. And he said, but they said you called in a few hours ago saying that you were sick. I was a bit confused and said, it must have been someone else. And they got the message wrong. After everyone else showed up for work that night, it was a bit more weird, but we carried on as usual and assigned everyone their places for the night. I went to work in the control room where I usually work. The control room is the center of the prison that has direct control over the cameras, doors, phones, and everything. After I relieved the guard on duty and settled in for the night, I looked at the message that said I called in. It said that I had called at 6 50 and said that I had gotten sick while out cleaning up after the storm. There had been a storm the night before and it was a bit bad, but not anything I had to go clean up after. It was truly weird. The supervisor came into the control room about that time. He was also a friend of mine outside of work, and we started talking about it and how odd it was. I decided to call my wife at home and tell her about it while he was still sitting there. I picked up the phone and dialed. After two rings, a man picked up the phone and with a raspy voice said, Hello? I did not know what to say for a few seconds. I looked at the phone just to make sure I dialed the right number, and I had. After a few seconds, the person said, Hello, again in the same raspy voice. I said, Hello, who is this? This is Taylor. Who is this? The person said. My head started spinning because my name is Taylor. I said in almost a scream, Where is Anne? He said, Anne's in bed. Who is this? I dropped the phone and told my supervisor to ring me out. I had to get home. And I took off towards the door. I could hear Dave pick up the phone behind me and say hello, followed soon after by a what the fuck, rather loudly. I ran to my car, drove home faster than what was legal, my mind racing the entire time. I busted through the door and my wife was sitting watching TV and was shocked at me being home i asked her who was there and she said no one's been here after a rather long talk with my wife i went to call the prison to tell them what was going on but the phone was dead i went back to work and when i came in dave was acting weird and asked me how the hell are you doing this he told me that when i left he picked up the phone and the person on the other end sounded like me he kind of freaked out and hung up the phone a minute later, as he could see my car leaving the parking lot, I had called back from the home and asked what the fuck was going on. He said that I was a bit irate and said I was sick and did not feel like playing these games and was telling him to stop prank calling me and hung up. After convincing him I had no idea what was going on, we went back to work. Later, I find out that the phone line for my area had been knocked down the night before by the storm. This is absolutely the strangest thing that has ever happened to me. This next story is by user to the moon and back. Eight years ago, I was living in a two bedroom apartment by myself with two cats. I had a girlfriend who I will name Elsa for this story, who lived about 45 minutes away on her college campus. Most weekends, she would drive into town and stay at my place until she had class again on Monday. We did regular things, as we didn't get to see much of each other. We liked to spend time alone, watching movies, playing games, or the like. Please keep in mind that neither of us were drug or alcohol users, as I have a good job I can't risk losing, and she just simply never cared for intoxicants. Nor were either of us on any medication whatsoever. So here's the scene. It's Saturday night, 11 p.m. Elsa and I are sitting on the couch watching a movie. I can't remember which one. We are dressed, sober, and alert as we slept in that morning and had plenty of sleep. We're chatting, laughing, talking. The TV is illuminating our immediate area and I kept the light on in the kitchen to provide us some ambient light for the living room as well. My cats are asleep in their favorite chair. All is well. Everybody is safe and comfortable. Suddenly, without any kind of warning or inkling, the jump, as I have come to call it, happened. You know when you're watching dialogue in a movie and they're using two cameras to film, when they switch from one camera to the other to capture the one speaking? Is it seamless? With no clipping, interruption, fading, or transition effects? It was that sudden. We were having a good time together in the living room when, in an instant, I found myself sitting on the foot of my bed, clothes removed in the dark. For about one half a second, a million thoughts entered my mind. Had something fallen off the wall and hit my head? Did I have a seizure? Was I dreaming the whole time? Where is Elsa? Then the scary part. I turned to my right, and Elsa is also sitting on the foot of the bed next to me, clothes also removed. Her eyes are the size of golf balls, and she's trembling. I realize I am as well. I try to speak and ask her if something happened, but I'm so frightened. I only stutter. After looking around the room and realizing we're alive, she managed to ask me what happened. I didn't even want to answer in case it was just me. I didn't want to come off as nuts. I just looked at her. After a pause... She started asking me again if I had turned off the lights or removed our clothes or if I knew what was going on at all. I didn't. Neither of us had experienced grogginess or confusion before the event. Furthermore, we didn't experience any sensations other than fear and confusion after it. No aches or pains, bumps, bruises, or cuts. I reached for my phone to call my mom and see if a doctor would be appropriate. I noticed that It's not 11pm anymore, now it's 3am. In that sudden instant, that instantaneous change of scene, four hours had passed. Everything in the house had been turned off, and we had been stripped naked. We went to the ER as my mom's fear was a gas leak, no signs of toxins or injury were found on either of us. Elsa also made an appointment for a CAT scan, which came back as expected, nothing. I explored possibilities like a gas leak, poisoned consumer goods like our soda or fast food, any neurological malfunctions, and more, but the one thing that always bothered me was the fact that Elsa and I lost and acquired the same amount of time at the exact same instant, four hours apart. Neither of us witnessed anything that the other didn't, and there were no lingering effects. For weeks I just kept, I kept bringing it up with her just hoping one of us would remember something. I browsed forums from all types of sites searching for answers. Every time I brought it up Elsa would get scared at the memory and beg me just to let it go. And I couldn't. This next story is by user Ofail. Not creepy, but so vivid and distinct that I still think about it years later. I had a subjectively long, involved dream where I was a vendor in a fish market. I remember getting up early, dressing, doing a whole morning routine, going to get tea, heading out to the docks, buying fish, loading them in a cart, going to get ice, then haggling for ice buying some less fresh fish while I was at it, and going to a market to my stall, setting up and selling fish all day. It was so real. I talked to friends, smoked nasty cigarettes, haggled customers, ate lunch, had tea, and just lived through the day. At the end of the day, I cleaned up, counted my cash, paid the stall rent, went home, cooked some of the fish I hadn't sold, sling with some veggies and rice that I traded for. I drank more tea, relaxed for a while, then drew a hot bath, soaked, smoked some more cigs, and went to bed. The next morning, I woke up refreshed, ready to go down to the docks to buy a fresh catch. Except, I was in my house, next to my wife. Truck parked outside, and it was Saturday. No work. My wife and I were getting geared up to go skiing in Oregon, and the car was already packed. Weird thing was, in the dream I was single and a smoker. I'm not. And the whole long dream had been in fluent Chinese. The effortless kind of fluency that only comes with a lifetime of speaking it. And I had been Chinese. I'm a big hairy white dude. Somewhat fluid in Spanish and I know a little bit of Russian, but I've never. It was so weird. I've never worked in a fish market. I wonder who I was. I wonder what that was. This final story is by Reddit user Tempt to Toss Soon. My last semester at a certain college, I was assaulted by a football player for walking where he was trying to drive. Note, he was 325 pounds. I was 120 pounds. While unconscious on the ground, I lived a different life. I met a wonderful young lady. She made my heart skip and my face red. I pursued her for months and dispatched a few jerk boyfriends before I finally won her over. After two years, we got married and almost immediately, she bore me a daughter. I had a great job and my wife didn't have to work outside the house, so when my daughter was two, she got pregnant with our son. My son was the joy of my life. I would walk into his room every morning before I left her work and doted on him and my daughter. One day, while sitting on the couch, I noticed that the perspective of the lamp was odd, like inverted. It was still in 3D, but just wrong. It was a square lamp base, red with gold trim on four legs and a white square shade. I was transfixed, I couldn't look away from it. I stayed up all night staring at it. The next morning, I didn't go to work. Something was just not right about the lamp. I stopped eating. I left the couch only to use the bathroom at first. Soon, I stopped that too as I wasn't eating or drinking. I stared at that fucking lamp for three days before my wife got really worried she had someone come and try and talk to me but by this time my cognizance was breaking up and my wife was freaking out she took the kids to her mother's house just before i had my epiphany the lamp is not real the house is not real my wife my kids none of that is real the last 10 years of my life are not fucking real the lamp started to grow wider and deeper It was still inverted dimensions. It took up my entire perspective, and all I could see was red. I heard voices, screams, all kind of weird noises, and I became aware of pain. A fucking shit ton of pain. The first words I said were, I'm missing teeth, and opened my eyes. I was laying on my back on the sidewalk, surrounded by people that I didn't know. Lots were freaking out. I was completely confused. At some point, a cop scooped me up, drag walked me across the street, and threw me face down in the back of a cop car. I was still confused. I was taken to the hospital by the cop and given some CT scans. I went through about three years of horrid depression. I was grieving the loss of my wife and children and dealing with the knowledge that they never existed. I was scared, I was going insane as I would cry myself to sleep, hoping I would see her in my dreams, and I never have. Sometimes I see my son, though, usually just a glimpse out of my peripheral vision. He's perpetually five years old, and I can never hear what he says to me. So I hope you guys enjoyed those Glitch in the Matrix stories. There are so, so many more stories just like these online um, on Reddit, especially there's a whole subreddit called Glitch in the Matrix. So if you want to go down a crazy long hole of really interesting stories, I suggest you go on Reddit and read through some if you're ever bored. But yeah, that was our episode for today. Thank you guys so much for joining me. As always, please, please rate this podcast. Give us five stars if you enjoy it. Um, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Error Unknown Podcast and Twitter at Error Unknown Pod. And if you guys have any weird glitch in the Matrix-esque stories, please send them my way. I would love to read them, maybe do an episode on uh, listeners glitches in the matrix. So send them to me at error at gmail.com. And once again, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you back here next Monday for an all new episode. Have a great rest of your week and stay weird.